Hello and welcome to the Soulful of It podcast. We're your hosts, Carrie Raquel. And Uni Cardenas, and this is a November 2021 Transition Tarot episode on the Soulful of It podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes, subscribe, and share it out with your networks. All right, let's jump into the episode. Hey, let's go. Hey, hey, how you doing, Uni? Hello, I am doing absolutely great. I had a really good day, so let's just continue this beautiful flow. I love that. I love the energy you're bringing into this episode as per usual, but I think both of our energy is just better <laughs> than it was last time. It was good energy last time. Don't get me wrong. Okay, guys, it was a good episode, but we got even better energy this time around. Yeah, I feel like we're just uh, refining ourselves, and you know what? That's so in alignment with everything absolutely how was the shift from libra season into scorpio season for you this has probably been the smoothest shift i've ever had within this month which uh historically a lot of my breakups have been in october and uh this scorpio season so it's really nice to be moving through it and feeling like i'm just really well prepared for it and it's the evidence that I needed as far as like feeling within my body that I've been doing more of the work than I actually thought I was. Mm, that's <laughs> awesome. I love that. And it's a good reflection too around breakups because that's actually going to be quite relevant later on in the episode. That's a little teaser for some of the content that I'm excited to share in regards to some of the transits that are coming our way this month, but more so for that one next month mm. you're gonna have some flashbacks for that transit and you'll know when we get to it what it is <laughs> flashbacks geez okay <laughs> yeah but uh, you know maybe some good ones ones that come with nuggets of wisdom i would say for me that things started to really look up after the libra new moon i could feel that my energy was aligned again i had an amazing friend and podcast listener jocelyn shout out to her came and gave me the most amazing full body massage. And I felt like she literally helped put my spirit back into my body. Wow. And I had no idea that I was like disassociating out of my body so much. Mm. And it was profound. And she like helped fix my arm. And just if you can go get you a massage. Honestly, everybody needs one as often as fucking possible it's amazing and if you find a good massage therapist it's just so helpful and it's just something i didn't realize not only is it good for your body but it really is like a spiritual and an emotional experience too because i allowed her you know there's like a, a surrendering yeah. to like being on the table and being like i'm fucking naked you know I'm like <laughs> here you go like do what you're gonna do like there's so much surrender to that and i think that's really powerful embodied experience to have a massage and mm. scorpio season is very much about like embodying our power and we mm. really can't do that if we're disassociating all the time yeah yeah as you're saying this this is totally a reflection for me as well because i've been like wanting a massage all week so i'm gonna take that as a little like hint from the universe to be like hey nudge nudge go find yourself a massage uni but yeah. as you mentioned like how intimate of an experience is that to have somebody working on your body I know for myself, uh, it's hard for me to find a massage therapist where I can like actually release and let go. Yeah, it's important to have the right massage therapist because I have definitely had 
other massage therapists. I had the dragon. Shout out to the dragon. He does not know I call him that. <laughs> the dragon. He really liked to use hot stones and they were really hot, you know. So I just called him the dragon because it felt like he was breathing fire onto my body. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, I'm, <laughs> I think this is painful, but like also I'm kind of into it. As you guys know, my Venus is in Scorpio. We talked about that before and pain is part of the process. But yeah, you have to have the right person. They need to match your energy. And just because they're an amazingly talented, skilled at whatever they do, if it's body work, if it's massage therapy, great. Same thing for Reiki. Same thing for someone doing tarot or astrology for you. Like Mm -hmm. they need to be a good fit for you to actually be receptive enough to fucking receive it. It's true. It's so true. Yeah. And the other thing I did, I guess, since I'm throwing out shout outs at the beginning of the episode... (laughs) Tawny, episode eight. That's my girl. I love her so much. She also did a breathwork session with me. So I happened to do the breathwork session the night before I did the massage. Mm. And I was actually using the breathwork techniques while I was receiving the massage. Wow. And it was like she was there too energetically because she was holding me Mm. while I was also like literally being like physically held, you know? Yeah. It was a great combo. So I highly recommend like dabble in whatever healing modality that you are curious about or that you think could help you because you might be blown away at how much you actually need it yeah and that's an interesting thing that you like bring up the breath because at least for me i noticed i'm definitely doing breath work while i'm getting a massage the entire time i don't think i had ever done it before it lets you go so much deeper i I, end up like passing out i pass out like i just leave my body Oh my gosh, I don't, that's a level of trust I have not unlocked yet. I know, that's why I don't let just anybody massage me. Shout out to Zach. Hey, Zach. (laughs) (laughs) We're just shouting out all of our people. This is why we're still doing the podcast though, guys, because like people are helping pick us up and put us back together. I was making a joke about uh, the movie Weekend at Bernie's. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. I was literally telling my therapist this last week where I was like, I feel like my friends, because Katie too, you as well, <laughs> like everybody's been rallying around me and I feel like I'm Bernie and I'm just like half dead. And my friends are like carrying <laughs> my body <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank God. But that's how it was like after the new moon in Libra and I got some body work and like I'm back in my body. I'm ready to fucking roll. Let's crush this fucking episode. Let's start with some announcements. Sorry, guys. I know we're not even to the meat yet, but I promise we'll make them quick. Uh-huh. So first one is happy birthday. To our Scorpios and our Sagittarius. And that includes... My new friend Hayden and Vanny, the spider demon. (laughs) (laughs) And Momo, my best friend's sister, Momo. And of course, my wonderful friend and ex-partner, Skylar Miles. And also to Sierra, Amber, Alicia, and my cousin, Colton. Colton, happy birthday. Happy birthday. And our other announcement is that I just want to give you guys a little reminder. I am going to be doing a moon sign workshop all about working with self-love through understanding your moon sign. That is going to be taking place on Thursday, 11-11. So Mm. that's a special day. And that's going to be with my girl, Haley, who on Instagram is at alchemy and archetype. She's amazing. She's a great tarot teacher she's a great tarot reader and i'm so excited to get to collaborate with her and contribute to her 
<laughs> I I'm leaving it in why did I almost do that what did last time I said sexualization or what? I don't yeah. know what's wrong with me my mind is so dirty um, Haley I was not calling you that girl it's cause I'm next to you it really is I blame you it's your, and thank you for taking credit cause it is your sexual energy I'm sorry I am so honored to contribute to her okay her mm-hmm. self love academy Isla that is what this is a part of and I just feel really flattered and honored to get to be a contributor for this container that is just so profoundly powerful. Mm. And from there, Uni, how can people connect with you? Uh, you can connect with me on Instagram. It's probably like the main place to find me. I'm in the middle of a lot of switch ups as I am focusing more on a lot of my creative outputs and uh, as far as announcements go, I'm teaching a tarot course in Spanish. It's uh, open to my friends right now, and it'll be probably recorded, and maybe we'll be dishing that out. I don't know. We'll see. I'm working with more video editing and photo editing software as I am diving into my creative technical outlets. Ooh, I like that. Plug it in, plug it in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just wait. That's so good. Okay, and then you guys can also connect with our girl, Katie the icon on instagram at curious underscore katie cat she's just an amazing gemini islander like myself and uni gemini Island. she was on the september episode i believe right yes and also the one before that august and then back in the spring she did a couple episodes she's here she's there she's everywhere she's katie fucking gersh she really is though <laughs> and uh my handle at, at instagram is at uni that's y-u-n-i-i six 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 number of the beast the beast that's right not (laughs) satan which you know could also apply i know sometimes and then last but certainly not least you guys can find me on instagram at soulful of it just like the name of the podcast and that's it wow those are the announcements let's go from there into the tarot i would love if you would introduce what did you pull this month and what do those cards even look like and what are they all about so i pulled six lovely cards this month and i went about it a little bit differently because i was very much within my flow and i literally just pulled out two cards at once and flipped them over and what do we have we pulled justice and strength and with the justice card if you're not familiar what it looks like it has this very androgynous looking character sitting at what would appear it's not a throne it's more like a bench and they're wearing red robes and like a gold tunic a crown with a with a square on it and they are holding the sword of truth and the scales in their hand and they're between two pillars with a red cloth that is shrouding what's behind it and i think this is very important because it alludes to Things that are happening behind the scenes and justice is always there as a measure of really karma, time, you could even say limitations and consequences thereof. And the the thing that I find very interesting about this pool is that in modern tarot, you see that there's been like a manipulation and it's a almost like a swap out between strength and justice so it's funny that you pull both of these at the same time because some people will read your eight as a justice and some people will read it as a strength and i think you fall into the strength camp and i fall into the justice camp 
Yes, and we disagree cordially around that. <laughs> and isn't that nice that like yeah. we can disagree? And uh, you know what's also really interesting in Egyptian tarot inside the justice card? There is a lion. Ooh, yeah, the lion symbolism. I feel that connection being really important for the strength card, but that it is also present in, in the justice, justice card. card. That's very cool. Yeah, and uh, like with strength how would how would somebody who is a birth card strength yeah describe so it? that is me i do have the birth card of strength and that's largely the reason why i don't budge on why i work with strength as the eighth card of the major arcana and justice as the 11th and i don't swap them mm. is because if i wasn't a strength birth card person and i worked with it in the reverse i would be a justice birth card person and i just don't feel like that resonates with me mm. But I'm also dating a Leo, a lion. Like, I'm always taming the lions. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm all about. It's my vibe. So for folks who don't maybe remember what the card looks like or who just really enjoy these very detailed descriptions that are so serious and just not nothing about it is funny. Oh, yeah. Um, about how you and I describe these cards. I'm going to describe it for you. So the strength card has a feminine looking individual who is reaching downwards towards a lion that's looking up at her. And above her head is the infinity symbol. This is significant because there are only three cards in the entire tarot deck, at least in the Smith Rider Waite classic deck, mm. that feature an infinity symbol. And the lion has got its like tongue out and she's just like delicately opening up the lion's mouth, probably because like a dog, it's got something in its fucking mouth, right? You know, it's like spit that out. It is a funny looking lion. <laughs> it is. And so she's got like this beautiful, luscious, like greenery. I don't know if those are like grapes or something that are kind of around her. And she's got, I don't know, what did I say last time? I said a flower crown and then I, it wasn't one. Garland. It, was, it was a garland. I was like, it's an herb crown. Yeah, she's got like a mini tree crown because I'm really good at describing these things. In the background, there's like a mountain and some greenery and all, all that good stuff. So the gist of this card, from my perspective, it's about both you taming other people in a sense, like creating space for people in their fucking chaos. But it's also largely a reflection of like how you welcome in and tame your own chaos mm. and your own like inner wild. And actually, I don't even know if I like the word tame, to be honest. I'm a big fan of the Glennon Doyle, like untamed. She has a book that's called that. And Can't I love be tamed. And we're going to talk about that <laughs> when we get a Sagittarius season, actually, like literally uh, you can't be tame, dude. So it's like about accepting the parts of you that are wild. Mm -hmm. And actually something that Lindsay Mack, the tarot extraordinaire, she is of Tarot of the Wild Soul. She's got her own podcast. She's amazing. She's got her own deck, which I have in my hand right now. So good. We love you. And, <laughs> She's uh, never going to listen to this, but she did. I'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and that strength card, uh, it's yeah. actually a bear. Ooh. And uh, they're looking eye to eye. And at least for strength in Egyptian tarot is actually the enchantress. Mm -hmm. And what is uh, an enchantress if not somebody who is like so within their power and strength that they know what they're capable of. And the reason that they know what they're capable of is because now they've made friends with that bestial part of themselves. It's no longer this like 
big scary thing that must be hidden because now you've fully integrated it and within that integration you get to walk around knowing that you're a badass fucking bitch <laughs> yeah you're a bad bear bitch yeah That's and, uh, what's up. <laughs> you could be protective <laughs> refined and kind or you can bare your teeth and claws and like fuck shit up when you need to but like you're no longer under the control of that part of yourself when it wants to take over and you don't let it take the keys and drive and that one is the tarot of the holy spectrum is the name of that deck right yes correct and we talk about this all the time on that podcast but i think it's important for people to know where they can go and find that card and kind of look at it for themselves if they're curious and with strength i do think with that like welcoming your wild that's Mm. such a big theme of working with this card and something that i practice with this when i pull this card is remembering that you can't just confront your wild parts with like judgment and anger and having this like very strict rigid viewpoint on it Mm. you have to come at it with gentle compassionate hands and that's what she's doing in this card towards this line is like she's not charging at it with a fucking AR whatever. I don't know the names of guns. <laughs> AR sixteen. <laughs> An AR whatever. We both don't understand guns. I'm too um, gay for this. <laughs> I'm too. I don't know. Boring for this. I don't. Uh, I don't understand the weapons. But uh, yeah. Anyways, that is not how she's approaching this line. She's approaching this line without any of her guards up. And I think it's also about being unguarded and choosing to be around people and being in places where you can take your armor off, where you can be vulnerable, where Mm. you can learn how to welcome your wild. That's like the biggest theme for me when I pull this card. And I love seeing that it came out with justice. I think there's no mistake in that. Yeah. And I think too, like there is this almost synchronistic energy that goes into that because you have to really step into your strength in order to be walking that middle road because we're always striving towards balance. Yeah. How often do we think about balance also being stagnancy we can't sit in balance and like expect growth forever because like we have to have this outside variable that comes in and creates a little bit of distortion or messes with the equilibrium in order for us to step outside of the comfort zone that comes from being in that balance for too long and that's what becomes the impetus for growth and you have to have strength as you're moving through that line and like what better cards to show us that than almost like the axis between strength and justice because they have been swapped out historically yet i think they have an underlying similarity to them and they're both like you're saying in the line too oh yeah of the major arcana or i think that's what you were getting at yeah I yeah was catching yeah. your vibe uh-huh. on that <laughs> and either way one of them would kick off line two mm-hmm. in the major arcana which is notoriously known as the death spiral. Yeah. And the, the way I look at like the second line of the major arcana as well, it's also the things that are unseen because like you start off establishing yourself in the world and then now you're going through this kind of like personal gnosis and it's very personal. Well, and that's the truth about justice, right? Is a lot of the time we can get hung up on like we want justice, we deserve justice and justice will be served and then we don't see it getting served and we think to ourselves like, life isn't fair right Mm. and that's just this whole sentiment that's just everybody has grown up with that someone has told you that at some point in time well life isn't fair you know and i think fuck that i think that life is fair i just think that we don't have front row seats to a lot of the fairness that happens Mm. and so i think justice being here for the month of november is to remind us that 
yeah, we're probably not going to see the justice that gets served, but just mm. trust that it is going to be served. And also be remembering that when you also go and make your moves and <laughs> karma comes for you because it will. Mm-hmm. And I think karma is viewed as something that's kind of like out there happening. The thing is we're making our own karma as we go along and karma is literally just cause and effect. So are you going to cause an effect? It's a nice way to approach it. And I like how you were saying too with the strength card about it being something that we have to approach with a little bit of softness. And uh, I'll dive into that a little bit more as the episode progresses. But I feel like the way that everything is structured within our society, we hold these visions, which maybe that's what that mountain in the background is. It's like this vision of something that's either culturally or societally deemed as being important for us and we're either like always moving towards that out of desire or we're avoiding it because we're afraid to get to it so it almost creates this path that we either only go forward or backwards and in reality we have the option to just step completely off the path and i don't think we allow ourselves enough space to kind of explore that realm yeah, grab your machete. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in that flavor of energy, our next card was the two of wands. And the two of wands has come up for us before in the past. And I really enjoy the Smith Rider Waite version of it just because it has this character and he's holding the world in his hand, looking out into the distance while he's got these two wands right next to him. And I think this card is also a beautiful moment to take a pause and take inventory, take stock and check in where you are before you start making your moves. And you could rewild into that a little bit by welcoming that wildness and think about it. What if there was something that you had been sitting on this vision that you had already thought out and suddenly now it's no longer feasible or the path of least resistance and you're having to now on a whim just make a new path forward and that's part of having the strength to like acknowledge that and then also being able to hold that balance as you're making this unknown move into uncharted territory and we see this really beautifully illustrated with the next three cards that follow which i would call them the seeds of forward momentum in a very powerful way because we pulled literally every page aside from the page of cups mm, it's the trifecta of transformation mm, the trifecta of transformation and all these cards are in alignment with the elements and we're literally just missing water but what are we going to be in for the majority of the month scorpio which is fixed water which is also what the page of cups is ruled by so we're being invited to really embody those fixed energies within ourselves and what did you say moving back into our body getting into the body and bringing it back to those elementals we are the elements so if you think about the aces, aces are the most refined, pure version of the element. Well, the pages are an embodiment of that within yourself. So you can say that aside from the aces, they are the biggest drivers of change. Ooh, yeah, I would agree with that. Definitely. Mm -mm -mm. So starting off, we pulled the page of wands. My favorite of all of the pages, the page of wands He's got this cheery little fella. 
<laughs> with his little feather and his hat and no he does not call it macaroni <laughs> and it just looks he looks like me on a good day honestly <laughs> he's got that fucking uh wands energy but if you look at him he's really engaged within his wand he's taking time to consider all the possibilities and all the places that it could take him and likewise with the page energies as a energetic symbol for this entire archetype it's almost like stepping out into the world being open to receiving the new ideas to going out and explore to get your hands dirty and that's the beautiful energy about the pages but because they are so young and haven't had time to really develop and mature into their king and queen states they're still volatile with their way of how they project their energy and how they move in the world and with the page of wands in particular he could be a little impulsive and you know what we got these little impulsive impulse drives you know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so i resonate very deeply with this card and i don't know if you want to take on the page of swords sure so for the page of swords we have got a lovely individual that you know looks like it could be a man it could be a woman i'm really not sure that's a dress right i mean I it looks like a, it's a robin hood outfit uh-huh it's red they've got their hair like swaying in the wind there's birds out in the background they are holding a sword now this is the one thing that's different about the page of swords and the other pages is that they are not looking directly at their item they're Mm. they're wielding it they have that sword it's ready to go and for me the symbolism of the page of swords is really about bringing in new ideas and creating foundations for your mind to expand Mm. you're welcoming in new knowledge so i feel like when i pull the page of swords just for myself in a reading i'm like okay What new thing is coming into my world that like maybe my scarcity mindset might be afraid of or that my conditioning from the world might tell me like, oh, that's not for me. Like what story am I going to have to shift to create space Mm. for this new knowledge to come in because it's going to enrich my life and it's my joy to get to engage with these new ideas and new ideas also aren't necessarily just ideas or like you going back to school. It could also be like, a conversation with a person that you allow yourself to have. And even if you leave the conversation, you still don't agree with them. Mm. You had the respect to hear them out. And that gave you some nugget of wisdom that helps you understand with more compassion where other people are coming from, even if you still don't agree with them. Mm. So I love the page of swords. I love the page of swords as well. And I, I didn't really think about that as well. And the fact that he's almost like wielding it and looking off to the distance his swords as a suit is traditionally associated with challenges and at least in this case of the page he's ready to take this challenge on he's got that sword ready but maybe that could be looked at as the shadow aspect of that of maybe being a little bit too ready to go out into the world and figure it all out and maybe we're just jumping the gun a little too quick and that two of wands is already wanting us to kind of take a step back before we go initiate all the lessons are going to be there for us to explore and sometimes when the mind wants to know oh it just wants to know 
Yeah, and there's beauty in naivety. Like, there's beauty in not knowing. Mm, naivety. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite tea. <laughs> I'm going to slurp it up. <laughs> I learned nothing. I drank it all up and I'm dumb as hell. I just love (laughs) it. Or like what if that sword being the challenge and you don't even want to look at it? Because Mm. if you think of the challenges that are presented to us within the sword suit, it's always a mental reframe that's being asked of. And it's almost like we can't see past the limitations of our own like current frame of mind. Or it could be the willingness to go at it and give it a go. Like you are going to try. You've got the sword. It's ready. And like you maybe have no idea what you're doing, but you're still going to give it your all. Mm, I love that. And the way to kind of like fuel that, I think that's the synchronicity of having the fire and air together working together because now you have the spiritual energy to go after it with even more mental clarity. And that's why it's so important that then we have this page of pentacles that comes in to really root down and ground us into the reality of the situation when you look at this card it's got this young character holding a pentacle on his hand and it's almost like on a video game when they like get something out of a chest it's like dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> he's having a nice moment with it and i i really like that card because it looks very peaceful it looks grounded yeah and it's all about building foundations for your groundedness to help you grow mm-hmm. and for you to be resourced really really well Yep. And all of that's a cultivation process. Something that if you want to look at the justice piece in it, it's over time. You have to find that balance over time. And that's kind of where the cultivation of it comes. And as we're moving through these deeper scorpionic waters, these are going to be the key anchors for us to be really considering on as we leverage the energies of the transits in store. Which, speaking of, that's a great segue into our first transit, which is on Thursday the 4th, we do have the Scorpio New Moon. So we're going to kick off the month of November with a lot of Scorpio energy. The Scorpio New Moon is on the 4th. Okay. Wow. And this is fixed water, as we talked about in the last episode. And you can think of a very deep body of water that is still at the surface but whose contents are unknown when you're trying to imagine what the energy of Scorpio is all about. There is a mystery to Scorpios. And of course, there is a mystery to Scorpio season as well. It's no coincidence that Halloween, Dia de los Muertos, Samhain, all of those fall within the beginning of Scorpio season. Mm. And when we think of Scorpio, we often imagine the symbolism of the scorpion who uses its poison to defend themselves and also to kill their prey. But scorpions aren't the only symbol associated with Scorpio. There is also the eagle and the phoenix, Mm. who are viewed as the next two evolutions of Scorpio. The scorpion is the first stage of investigation and instinct. The eagle represents courage and gaining a higher perspective. Mm. And lastly, the phoenix represents transcendence and ultimately transformation. I bring all of this up because it is Scorpio season and exploring the many angles of Scorpio is a wonderful way to connect to its investigative, penetrative, intense and healing energy 
all of which help us dig deeper into the magic of the Scorpio new moon. Speaking of, we have Mars and Mercury in a wide conjunction to the new moon, infusing it with a renewal energy around our words and our actions. At this point, we're asking ourselves, are our words and actions aligning? Are we embodying the courage of the eagle as we head towards acquiring the passion and the wisdom of the phoenix? Or are we playing small and sticking to the scorpion? Did you know that scorpions only live three to eight years, whereas a bald eagle can live 20 years? And a phoenix, well, of course, that's a mystical creature, so it probably (laughs) is immortal, right? It's immortal because it transforms back into its baby form when it dies. Is that right? Yes. I love that. It comes for, it literally rises from its ashes. Oh, yes. The phoenix. Let's rise for the phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. And my point here is what are you reaching for and what story have you attached to it? Fixed energy is a great stabilizer, but sometimes it can be a bit self-limiting. Mm. These are pieces of this new moon to consider alongside the new moon in a direct opposition to Uranus because the new moon's at 12 degrees and Uranus is at 12 degrees. Mm. New moon in Scorpio, that's fixed water. Uranus in Taurus, that's fixed earth. And both the new moon and Uranus who are in that opposition are forming a square to Saturn who is sitting at seven degrees in Aquarius. This is an aspect pattern known as the T-square essentially forming a right angle triangle with both the new moon and Uranus putting pressure onto Saturn, who is the focal planet. We're working with a fixed T-square here because all of these key planets are in fixed signs. And the way to navigate this challenging energy is to look towards the missing leg of the T-square, aka what sign is opposite our focal planet, Saturn, who's in Aquarius. Leo, of course. So we can lean upon the wisdom of the lion to speak what is on our hearts with compassion, to have the courage to begin new adventures, and to allow ourselves to engage with our inner child during the Scorpio new moon. That's going to help us work with the tension that is present here for the collective. And I think it's really interesting that the missing piece here is Leo And we happen to pull the strength card this month. Mm. What do you think about that and its connection or any of the other cards in this new moon in Scorpio? It's kind of crazy how aligned they are. And yeah, because if we're leveraging Leo, strength is ruled by Leo. And it's all about bringing us back to the heart. And it's just interesting that we have all of these planets that are fixed signs and we pulled all these cards that are also fixed sign cards that we're meant to be leveraging as foundational pieces for our wild and crazy world that we are really stepping into as this new moon kicks off and i think it's kind of perfect that it's kicking off at this time for myself at least because i'm initiating the second rites in my tradition at this point and it's kind of really scary what i have to do (laughs) i'm gonna say it's i'm catching pokemon but instead (laughs) of pokemon they're demons (laughs) oh my goodness or ghosts or ghosts i mean it's it's a season of things that are dying so really couldn't be a better time for this scorpio new moon is also really potent energy for reclaiming your rituals Mm. in every way and that could just be your daily habits or that could be like whatever weird shit you're doing with demons (laughs) (laughs) there's a flavor of almost like the echoes of the past that move through scorpio as well 
and there's a very deep potential for you to tap into like the medicine of whatever your root systems you've been working with and that can be like ancestral veneration or just being able to really tap into that other side yeah scorpio is it's like all the water signs i feel like hold a lot of memory Mm. cancer is known to be more of the memory keeper Mm. but pisces is also known to be the most nostalgic okay and scorpio being also in that energy of water it has to fit somewhere in between there and it rules the eighth house right of death Mm. (laughs) so for it to be connected to like the other realms, the other dimensions. That's what makes the most sense to me when I'm speaking of Scorpio. And the Scorpio new moon really is a great time to transcend into those other places. And that, sure, you could have some extracurricular help to get there, or you could just be deepening your meditation practice. It's true. And then also, it's funny that you mentioned that because, yeah, water does hold memory. Mm-hmm. And when you're replenishing, spirits you leave them out some fresh water and it helps them on their journey back into the underworld after they've come up to help you with your little downloads or doing things behind the scenes <laughs> aka justice <laughs> do you ever leave them out some like liquor uh yeah all the time liquor water coffee give them coffee if you want to stir them up Ooh, i like that yeah at least some crazy dreams <laughs> yeah i bet the more you know right Well, from there, we have our next transit, which is going to be the very next day on Friday the 5th. Mercury is going to enter Scorpio. And on the same day, we also have Venus entering Capricorn. There's a lot to unpack here. So let's start by chatting about Mercury's quick, just under three week long transit through Scorpio. Mm. So Mercury is direct now and it's fresh out of its post retrograde shadow period. Yay. Yeah, yeah. This is good news, guys. Thank God. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Mercury also has a really neutral energy in the sign of Scorpio. So we're not navigating any additional discomforts in regards to the astrological dignity of this transit. So, what is this transit all about? Mercury's annual dance through Scorpio is an invitation to dive all the way to the bottom of the ocean in our everyday conversations. It's a time for deep, intimate connections and one-to-one relationships. Mm. Mercury's retrograde in Libra had us asking ourselves if our relationships and our communications within those relationships has been balanced. And that was a necessary thing to be reviewing in order for us to be ready for the depth that Mercury and Scorpio encourages us to explore. Mm. The shadow of this transit is the tendency to try to take someone else to the bottom of our inner ocean who is completely ill-prepared for the journey. Have you ever been having small talk with someone and then suddenly they just drop a truth bomb and you really don't know how to respond to them? Mm. It would be like one person is in diving gear and the other person has arm floaties and a pool noodle and that's it. (laughs) And the diver cannot convince the pool noodle person to travel to the depths because if they did that, they would fucking die. Mm. Mercury and Scorpio requires that we use our discernment. We need to read the room before we open our mouths. We need to remember that not everyone is ready, willing, or even capable of traveling to the bottom of the ocean within us. Mm. We need to create space for intimate connection to take place authentically and not dump our truths or our woes onto unsuspecting people 
who really don't know us well enough to receive that level of intimacy from us. Wow. So those are some of the keys to navigating this transit with ease. Uni, what do you think about this transit? The way that you put it that way, talking about how we're moving from this retrograde in Libra and giving us the discernment that we need to essentially be putting our heart and the feather on that scale of justice to be able to recognize where our energy is going to be reciprocated and celebrated as far as like our relationships go or in the capacity of Mercury having to do with the ability to connect and relay information and really get to the heart of the issue that we're communicating. And it's almost like it cleared up the space for us to be able to unpack like the depths of whatever we need to share with the people that are essentially deep enough containers and vessels to hold that or to be able to step into the ocean with us. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they had to stay there the whole time, but just to have the capacity just to relate, to be able to just like see the landscape, observe it, and uh, potentially take something from that. And I think that's a really beautiful thing to be moving through because it allows for deeper connection. And uh, I know Mercury is a fast-moving planet, but information and connection, all of that becomes this kind of ability for us to draw from. So it's allowing us to be more mindful, I think, at the same time of other people. And it's good to be selective. Not every single person is the right person to share those things with. Like you were saying, the container may not be that deep for you, or maybe it just isn't that deep for you that day. That's why consent's really important, even in just communications. Mm. Like in every avenue, we should be asking for consent. Like, hey, I had a really intense day, or hey, I had a really crazy dream, or hey, I whatever you're doing with demons. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... Are you available to receive that information right now? Their answer might be no, not today, but tomorrow. Or it might be no, I'm a fucking barista. Get the fuck out of my cafe. (laughs) Why are you telling me about demons right now? (laughs) Uh, But like, how often do we stop to consider that too? Like that consent also involves like information consent. Like I'm not ready to listen to you talk about your day. Go over there. I feel like it's coming up a lot more for me personally, not to bring it up and we're not going to go down the rabbit hole, guys, but with COVID and I've had to tell people in my life, look, I love you. That is not a conversation I'm having this evening. Mm. And I'm just letting you know that up front because I just don't have the capacity to entertain all of the arguments around that. It's Mm. overwhelming. I'm already being overwhelmed with it all the time. Yep. And I don't want to become resentful towards you because our entire connection time is eaten up by us disagreeing on something that is just causing so much havoc in our whole world right now. Wow, I'm taking notes right now. It's important. So yeah, I think consent is for all Mercury things. I mean, Mercury is constantly moving through the fucking Zodiac. Like we need to be constantly thinking about how can I ask for consent around this? And how can I also like be okay if someone says no? Mm. Because they're gonna, if you start asking, people will start saying no. Start learning how to hear no, just like you have to start learning how to say no. Wow. They're both hard. It takes true <laughs> strength to really be able to hold that one down. 
to get real justice. Mm-hmm. We're just making puns here. <laughs> <laughs> and from there, let's turn the page. Uh, it's just <laughs> us. <laughs> it's just us. Just us. Just us two of us. Okay, I'm Just done. the two of us. <laughs> so on the same day that we have Mercury moving into Scorpio, we do also have Venus entering Capricorn. And this transit is going to be an important one. Venus is usually in a sign for around three weeks. But when Venus is retrograde, it spends a longer time in the sign that its retrograde cycle takes place within. And Venus is retrograde once every year and a half. And the last Venus retrograde that we experienced was in Gemini. And that was from May 13th of 2020 to June 25th of 2020. And I recall that retrograde, and this is what I talk about in the intro, <laughs> it had big breakup energy, uh-huh. especially for any couples or even friends who just weren't energetically aligned to evolve and grow together. Mm-hmm. I know. I lived that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm bringing this all up because next month we're going to see Venus station retrograde in the sign of Capricorn, extending its stay from that typical three weeks to about over three months whoa so it's worthwhile to get familiar and comfortable with this energy and venus and capricorn is a diplomatic love language it's the blood sweat and tears that go into the compromise and care that relationships require in order to continually grow it's the energy of above and beyond song love is not enough Mm. whose lyrics read in my heart of hearts I know there's more love left for you, but love is not enough. I've learned to see the journey through. Mm. Capricorn is the goat. And as you know, Mergoat. or maybe you don't. It's the Mergoat. <laughs> the Mergoat. But the acronym of GOAT, G-O-A-T, stands oh. for greatest of all time. Oh, my God. That is the kind of love that Capricorn seeks. And that is also the kind of love that Capricorn gives. It's all or nothing, baby. And Venus in Capricorn knows that love is important, but love is not the only factor needed to maintain a lifelong relationship, be it intimate or platonic. Mm. We cannot just love each other. We must also show up for each other. We must also be willing to reflect back at each other the energy that is being shared, be it positive, negative, or neutral. We have to show up to the hike that is a loving relationship with the correct gear, much like Mercury's transit in Scorpio requires we obtain consent from another before plunging them into the depths of our souls in conversations. Mm-hmm. Venus in Capricorn says, have you chosen a lover or friend who can go the distance? Are you taking the right person with you on this journey? We can reflect back on January 8th to February 1st earlier this year to recall what Venus and Capricorn feels like as that was the most recent time that we tangoed with this transit. Mm. Once you remember the feeling, buckle in and get ready to immerse yourself in it. Those who are meant to stay will. And those who are meant to go are already on their way out the door. My best advice, let them go. Because anyone who isn't in alignment for you will weigh you down and make your journey to the top of the mountain all that much harder. Mm. Wow. That is page energy all the way with the page of swords. I could see that with the consent 
part of it also with the like armoring up to like get ready to go the distance with that lovely capricornian energy all oh, caps i love my caps <laughs> and <laughs> uh that's total page of pentacles as well because it's a practicality of having to use that justice energy to have the discernment to know who can go the distance with you and every time i say go the distance it makes me think mulan or something i can go the distance <laughs> yeah. i was literally thinking that too wait is that hercules too uh, oh wait it was hercules. no it's hercules oh, damn. <laughs> the dark side of the moon we'll bring mulan into it just to like even things out oh my god yeah so that's that's like <laughs> what i'm feeling and maybe that right there that walking away could also be that two of wands as well at least in the holy spectrum deck you have this long-haired person and they are leaving the shoreline they are heading out they're going the distance and maybe they're leaving behind what the people and things that are going to weigh them down in a boat you can't carry that much shit with you because you're going to sink to the bottom of the ocean and i think that's what you're trying to avoid in this case and that is going to require a lot of strength, of spiritual strength and like fortitude. And also just being able to be real with yourself and understanding that, yeah, this is not necessarily about them, but it's how are you going to like stoke the fires of your own heart and soul. And that's part of your wand work right there with the page of wands. Absolutely. And Capricorn really is the diplomat. Like, how can you approach your relationships with like not to be too serious, but taking it seriously enough. Like, hey, I give a fuck about you and I mean it. Mm. Like, it's not all just jokes and fun. Like, we're doing this podcast and it's fun. But like, also, I have your fucking back. I know. It's likewise. <laughs> right. But it doesn't get said enough or it's not, you know, taking this transit in is like making sure that the people who have been the rocks for you know that mm. you really appreciate them. And you're going to go the distance for them, too. It's like the movie Holes or the book Holes. Okay. And he has to carry the old woman up to the top okay. of the mountain. Like, if someone's hurt, you might need to take on some extra weight to help them get where they're going. You have to be really, really attuned to who is the right person for the journey. And then you have to be willing to decide who you're going to bring and even who you're going to invite. And it's okay if those people change. Yeah. And I think we need to make more room at the table for change. When I think of Venus and Capricorn, it has almost this very a masculine, like feminine kind of love energy. It makes me think like Hera or like Athena, like this like badass warrior goddess that could slit your throat or love you to death. <laughs> Definitely. It's some some boss bitch energy, mm -hmm. but like not the kind that's trying to slip into your DMs and sell you into their MLM. No, you boss bitch. <laughs> I guess they call you a boss babe, not a boss bitch. I'm clearly not cut out for this. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we are bitches. We are. And speaking of bitches, <laughs> <laughs> our next transit is on Friday the 19th. And this is right after daylight savings time, by the way, which is on the 17th. I know. Womp, womp, womp. For those who participate in that, I don't even know what that really is or the point of that. But Does somebody not? Oh, China probably doesn't. Arizona doesn't. What? Yeah, they don't adhere to it. I don't understand how that. I don't know how I things work. I can't even. <laughs> right? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me, but even daylight savings doesn't make any sense to me. But that's on the 17th. So heads up on that. That's on Sunday. 
Then on Friday, we have our lunar eclipse. This is a partial eclipse in Taurus taking place. And this eclipse opens up the final eclipse portal of 2021. Lunar eclipses are always full moons. So you can think of this Taurus lunar eclipse as a full moon on steroids, a culmination point that is potent for evolution as we walk through the eclipse portal that opens up the final taste of this eclipse cycle. That's right. This is the final pair of eclipses that will involve Sagittarius as the solar eclipse is coming up next. And we're going to have that in the very beginning of December. And we're not going to see another Sagittarius Gemini eclipse for over 18 years. Wow. And the nodes of the moon will officially be in Taurus and Scorpio in 2022, which is going to shift our collective focus from that Gemini Sagittarius axis of knowledge to the Taurus Scorpio axis of resources. We will be talking about this shift on the podcast for the next year plus. So I'm not going to dive too deeply into it yet, but let's chat a little bit more about the lunar eclipse. Mm. So Taurus is fixed earth. It's page of pentacles energy. Mm hmm. The love of sensuality is a big theme for those who have strong Taurus placements. They're often really great cooks. They have a deep appreciation for live music. They enjoy the aromatic parts of the experience just as much, if not more, than the visuals. And this Taurus full moon packs a bigger punch than usual because it's a lunar eclipse. And like the Scorpio new moon, there is another fixed T-square taking place with the Taurus lunar eclipse, where we have an opposition between the moon and Taurus and the sun and Scorpio, who is conjunct Mars and Mercury again. So that's an ongoing theme. This time, these planetary players are forming a square to Jupiter instead of Saturn. And Jupiter is at 24 degrees in Aquarius, heading towards the finish line because Jupiter is going to be moving into Pisces next month. Mm. And I mentioned that because this means we won't have another fixed T-square involving Jupiter again for years. So it's noteworthy that we have in this month of November, both the new and full moons involving fixed T-squares. And this final one involving the great benefic Jupiter, I think will give it a boost of support, even if the energy itself remains challenging. The release point for this T-square is also Leo. So we are still leaning on that strength card wisdom for this lunar eclipse. We also have the same sun conjunct Mars and Mercury energy that is keeping our focus on how our words and actions do or do not align. Have you said what you need to say? Mercury is direct, so it really is time to spit it out. In the backdrop of this fixed T-square, we have the ruler of this lunar eclipse. It's in Taurus. Venus is the ruler. And Venus, you know now, is in Capricorn. So it's in a tight sextile to Mars and Scorpio. And this is a really supportive aspect for trusting our intuitive movements. Mm -hmm. This is also really supportive energy for using our actions to say the things that we just can't seem to get to come out of our mouths quite yet. Venus and Capricorn is also in a square to Chiron and Aries. And we're getting the supportive energy around Mars while we're also being given the challenge of including our own self-advocacy 
in tandem with the moves that we are making. We need to be considering ourselves, not just others, Mm. which is ongoing lessons from Mercury's retrograde in Libra and also the full moon in Aries. Venus is also in a loose trine to the full moon and an exact trine to Uranus and Taurus. All of these positive aspects to Venus are really, really helpful. If we can cultivate the courage to ask for what we want and need in our relationships, we will be rewarded. This eclipse is about releasing the old structures in our relationships that are outdated so that we can create space for new structures to be built. And maybe they're not even structures. Maybe it's a community garden. That feels way more Teresian to me anyways. But my point being that this lunar eclipse is shifting the nodal axis and it's also hosting strong aspects to its ruler, Venus, who is about to begin its retrograde journey next month. This is a really big one and eclipses are catalysts for change. Taurus doesn't love change as a fixed earth sign, but when we learn how to cultivate our own comfort in the face of change, then we can better navigate it. Yeah totally feel that it's like how do we use our ability to step into our own sensuality and draw from the lived experience the things that can help us move through the uncomfortable or sticky parts with a little bit more ease and kindness and with justice if you want to think about it back in egyptian time they would have you like weigh your heart and if it was the same weight as a feather or lighter actually then you will be rewarded with like eternal life so how can we choose to look at the reward of embracing the change and really comfort ourselves through the discomfort because all of it's it's here for us and as you had mentioned with asking for what you need part of that's also the check-in to say is it useful to say this or is it going to be beneficial to share this information with others it's like is it even worth mentioning it again having those boundaries around conversations that you're willing to have or not have yes and all of these things are a part of the puzzle because when we're looking at something as pivotal as a lunar eclipse we really need to be considering all of the different pieces that go into it. And that's all the different planetary movements, all the different aspects, because eclipse events also don't take place like day of. I mean, they can, but that's not the rule, right? That would be unexpected. Well, that'd be very eclipsy, right? Unexpected. (laughs) Expect the unexpected. That is the vibe of eclipse season. So just having a lot of love and care and compassion for yourself At the top of this episode, we were talking about like getting yourself some energy work or body work of some sort. Like hearing this episode, maybe you're listening to it before this happens. Maybe it's after, but like you have the heads up that the eclipses are here. How can you care for yourself through them? Because change is inevitable. Change is inevitable. And you want to make sure that you're well resourced, especially as we're shifting into this new axis of resources. It's an invitation to start taking inventory, two of wands and get ready for the really the year ahead which is almost here which is crazy i know i'm like whoa (laughs) where is 2021 gone bye (laughs) yeah but bye i'm ready to let it go at the same time so after we have our lunar eclipse on sunday the 21st it's officially time to get centard Oh, not this again. (laughs) (laughs) The same joke came around, guys. I'll never let it go because it is 
Sagittarius season. And to say I'm excited is an understatement. I am, as many of you likely already know, the resident Sagittarius here at the Soulful of It podcast. And honestly, I credit the birth of this podcast in many ways to my Sagittarian magic because I couldn't have brought this to life if I hadn't set the big goal to do it. If I hadn't cast out my net and talked uni into doing it with me. And if I hadn't had the big picture vision of what this podcast could become. And here we are. So let's talk about the centaur. Show me the centaur way. I mean, I do have a Sagittarian <laughs> council and uh, I could just say that you're the founding member. <laughs> <laughs> I was the first one. It feels good. It does. <laughs> so Sagittarius is mutable fire. I like to think of Sagittarius as the cheerleader of the Zodiac. Folks with their sun in Sagittarius are known for their optimism and their charm Ruled by Jupiter, the planet of good fortune, Sagittarius often appear to have good luck. And the benefit of this is to everyone because they're usually quite generous. Mm -hmm. The archetype of Sagittarius include the adventurer, the philosopher, and the free spirit. And Sagittarius values truth and freedom above all. And as a fellow Sagittarius singer, Miley Cyrus has said in her song of the same name, they simply, we talked about this earlier, what? they cannot be tamed. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, what? That is like my Sagittarius season song, 100%. The shadow side of Sagittarius is having a tendency to shove their foots into their mouths. And this is something that I'm very familiar with. Not every joke that comes through your mind should come out from between your lips. They're not all that fucking funny, <laughs> right? And Sagittarius are always learning this. But during Sagittarius season, it's also a great awareness for all of us to have. Sagittarius can also take on a self-righteous, holier-than-thou vibe that rubs people the wrong way. Sometimes they will share opinions like their facts and pass judgment on those who don't adhere to the same beliefs. And beliefs are extremely important to Sagittarius. Most folks who have the sun, moon, or their rising sign in Sagittarius that I've met have had some sort of religious or spiritual practice in their lifetimes. Often they end up taking on different ones, like multiple or integrating them. That's really common. There's nothing wrong with having beliefs, but projecting them onto others or treating other people like they're less than if their beliefs don't mimic your own is a quick way to turn applause into tomatoes thrown at you on stage. Damn. It's, it's so true. It's so true. And unevolved Sagittarius is like they just run around with their holier than thou energy and it's fucking annoying. Yeah. I like <laughs> to think that they're like galloping through just shooting arrows at everything. Like if your response <laughs> to somebody who's coming at you with their truth is to quote the Bible, fucking stop. Just what stop. <laughs> What are you doing? <laughs> like, why? It's just, yeah. So there's, that's the shadow of Sagittarius and it's not pretty. But Sagittarius season is during the, like, most wonderful time of the year. You know, it's during Christmas season and stuff for a reason because of the jovial nature of Sagittarius. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like over here trying to sell it because I'm a Sag. All right. You know what? There goes your Christmas present, uni. <laughs> you're getting a fruitcake now uh, i like that you actually probably do <laughs> like fruitcake fruit. i don't think i've ever had one i just eat the cake not the fruit 
it's a fruitcake though how do you how do you do that okay so we were stuck in italy once and <laughs> there was nothing open and all we had to eat for days were the stupid fruitcake oh my god <laughs> it was horrible to this day we will buy one every year just to recall how repulsed we were by it who's we <laughs> me and nana oh, okay. That's what i assumed but i wasn't sure i didn't know i don't remember you and nana going to italy together i, I mean i had a boyfriend Oh, that's right. <laughs> always. You always have a boyfriend. Not these days. Call your boyfriend. All of them. So holding both the light in the shadows of Sagittarius is a juggling game, just like it is for all the other signs. Mm -hmm. But I am really excited for Sagittarius season. And it's also going to be a really big one for me personally. So how are you feeling about Sagittarius season, Uni? How am I feeling about Sagittarius season? Well, I'm going to try not to gamble my life away. <laughs> <laughs> Good advice. Good advice. I'll take some notes. And uh, I am very excited because, as I mentioned, I have a Sagittarian council. And I feel like Sagittarius and Aquarius are a beautiful, compatible pair because we're both very much truth-seeking signs. And I think where Aquarius likes to dabble in the exploration of all of these greater topics, Sagittarius gives us a good run for our money because they will go in there and like gallop around that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. Yeah, we're going to shoot those arrows. And, you know, with the Aquarius energy, we like to shoot them together because the truth is we have all the bows and the arrows and we're excited and we're ready to pull them back and start shooting them. But we have no fucking idea what we're doing. We need that Aquarius energy to like help guide us towards the target. Oh, thank God, because I go to <laughs> I, I go to y'all for a direction and then I'm like, OK, that way. How about not that way? See, That's the thing about Aquarius and Sagittarius is that they really value each other's intellect. And so there is a really good dance that goes on between them, because in your energy, I'm like, Duh. like, I think that I, I'm not that smart. But then I feel like you might have that towards Sagittarius, which is equally interesting to me because I have such a different perspective of you where i value your intellect is so all the way up here i'm like pointing at the sky guys you can't see it right now but it's happening i feel the same way about you it's just so funny <laughs> just the interest the interesting reflections also uh both of our signs are masculine energy mm -hmm. as well and i think that's why also we kind of like fan each other's flames which could be a good thing probably <laughs> it is except for when it's like fire season watch uh, out yeah because <laughs> we'll burn a bitch down don't get us in any social gathering where we're like together because oh i mean you do that just make sure you bring a bottle of fireball yeah or something like that something <laughs> to cool us down that's right so we have one more final transit of the month, and it's going to be on Friday the 24th when quick moving Mercury moves from the deep waters of Scorpio into the sunshine rays of Sagittarius. And yeah, that's my bias right there. And that sentence. the sunshine rays. <laughs> okay. OK, OK, but stick with me. So okay. I also in addition to having my son in Sagittarius, I do have my natal Mercury in Sagittarius. So I am quite familiar with the energy of this transit and it's playful, maybe even a little bit mischievous ways. <laughs> Mercury rules both Virgo and Gemini and Sagittarius is the opposite sign of Gemini. This means that Mercury in Sagittarius is in its detriment, a.k.a. this is not the most comfortable spot for Mercury to be. 
Gemini loves to focus in on all the little details, which Mercury empowers, but Sagittarius is less concerned with the details. Where Gemini will tell you a story filled with information to paint a full picture, Sagittarius will go on and embellish the story to make it one that you'll forever remember. (laughs) This transit fosters a very philosophical curiosity. On the light side, it's a great transit for giving or receiving a pep talk. And on the dark side, it's a transit to be wary of how embellished your stories are becoming or how much unsolicited advice you are giving. Pro tip for all of us with this Mercury and Sagittarius transit, if they don't ask for your advice, don't give any. We've got this energy present with us until mid-December, so let's enjoy the grand stories that are eager to be shared while also being mindful of how we go about sharing them. Mm. That's also good advice for our projector friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. If you know anything about human design and you're like me and you're a projector and you have Mercury and Sagittarius, like your unsolicited advice wheel is strong. Uh, yep. Very strong. I just say, oh, thank you for the advice. <laughs> That's why I've tried to put that consent piece into my communications where I ask people like, do you want my advice on this or do you just want me to hold you like what do you actually want i think that's so good that's so good because it allows you to show up for them in the way that you need to and what better symbolism for the page the page is showing up page is showing up literally like coming out there like i'm ready world they're like a freshly born pokemon trainer that's ready to go out there and catch their ghosts i'm all about that yeah So that was our final transit of the episode. And that's really everything that we have. But I do I do want to end this episode on a note in regards to Thanksgiving, which is going to be on Thursday, the 25th. And then after that, we have Small Business Saturday, which is going to be on the 27th. And the reason I bring this up at the end of the episode is because shopping small and supporting local or small business makers is one way that we can collectively take back the power of the people from these corporate monsters that notoriously underpay and overwork their employees. Mm -hmm. The United States in particular is hurtling towards its Pluto return. And that's going to be all about how we are going to reclaim our power. And this is something we need to be thinking about now ahead of times. There's also been a lot of changes that have happened to the United States Postal Service recently that are making it so that the shipping is slowing down. Like what would normally take three or so days to get to you from a small business is now taking like six days, seven days, eight days. And that's not their fault. Like they own these small businesses, which, by the way, are being shut down at like record numbers. The statistics aren't all the way out on this yet, so I can't quote like exact statistics. But from what I looked up for this episode... It was around like a third of all small businesses in the United States have either closed partially or completely due to the pandemic. So we just need to be mindful. We need to be like thinking ahead. If I want to get something for somebody for Christmas, I should order it ahead of time. And if possible, I should shop small and support these small businesses because seeing them all go out of business is just devastating and it's feeding This energy that's like, I can abuse the power because I have all the power. Mm. People in power are not redistributing their fucking wealth. That is a lie. 
the trickle down economics theory is completely inaccurate. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I saw an ad the other day. I kid you not. I was watching like a YouTube video and it started off with an ad and the whole ad was about how we shouldn't raise taxes on corporations. Fuck that. I'm like, let's give them all the taxes. We need to raise taxes on corporations. And a lot of these tax laws that are being talked about right now, if you're not making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, it's irrelevant to you other than the fact that they're actually going to be paying their taxes. And it's not that they're paying more taxes. It's that they're finally paying their taxes. Yeah. We're paying them. I paid more in taxes than Amazon did last year. And I'm a person. <laughs> like. That's ridiculous. But corporations are people too, carry. Yeah, in this country. So anyways, <laughs> I just wanted hell? to bring that up because it's stupid and we just need to be giving as much as we can to these small businesses. These other like entities like Instagram, Facebook, they're owned by the same company. They're both Facebook, okay? Like what's going on there? They're also throttling small businesses on there where if you tag a small business in a post to like give them a shout out, like I bought an item from this amazing maker, they will prompt you to say that it's sponsored so that they can force you to pay to get that pushed out to your audience. That's so ridiculous. Because it's being viewed as a monetized post and it's not even that. You might not even be sponsored. You might just be saying, hey, I love so-and-so stuff that they made and it's like your friend or a small business that you just genuinely actually love. You're trying to give them real organic traffic. Anyways, there's a lot more info on this available on an Instagram user named Shop the eighth house her name is sarah she's amazing she has written extensively about what is happening to small businesses she's a small business owner and i just wanted to bring it up at the end of this episode because we have small business saturday coming up small businesses are going to be running sales they'll also probably be running sales on cyber monday so plan ahead and shop small if you can Mm. shop small that's right (laughs) (laughs) and with that said that is really the end of this episode thank you guys so much for listening for supporting for going and giving us ratings and reviews i do cry over them it means the world to me when people take the time to write those thank you so much it's so true and like just hearing people's just reactions i think it's just beautiful because it it makes this worth it because and what happens when you're like isolated in like this own like community and you have nobody that you can relate to and then here we are just like shooting the shit (laughs) and it's like this is the kind of stuff that we're talking about like all the time and i think it's just beautiful to help other people know that they have a place at the table of our lives as well and we're just looking for each other and how can we best support one another as we navigate these crazy ass capitalistic waters (laughs) that's right that's right we need all the support that we can get all the connection that we can cultivate and that is everything that we're yeah. all about here. And we're always here and advocating for all y'all. That's right. And looking forward to connecting with you guys in the next episode in December. And we will definitely see you then. Or yeah. I guess you'll hear us then. Uh, <laughs> you won't hear the end of it with you. You really won't. <laughs> we're going into Sagittarius season. Get ready for the next episode, guys. It's going to be a lot. <laughs> we'll see you here next time. Until Thank then, you so much. Tschüss. Bye. It's fun now. Yeah, we should be doing paid for it. It will be. <laughs> At some point, yeah. The monetization. Ooh. I'm in charge of the building. <laughs> <laughs>
let's build something together.